I'm Nicole. And I'm Monica. And we're two fangirls who like to talk about media and knit. This is our podcast, While We Were Knitting. This month, we're talking about the last three episodes of the Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, starring Sam Wilson as the Falcon and Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Well, Anthony Mackie as the Falcon, who is Sam Wilson, is probably a better way to put that. But yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we watched the last three episodes. And this month, I'm still knitting on Impervious by Kim McBrien Evans. And I started out knitting the Campfire Toke by Catherine Knutson. And then through no fault of the pattern at all, the variegation of the yarn that I was using was uh, not conducive to the pattern. So I ended up ripping it all back, unwinding everything, and then knitting the worm hat by Umschlagplatz. And I am so sorry if I butchered that. Yeah, no, I was looking it up for her notes and I was like, oh, German. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a rough one. But, so this is actually going to be technically our third episode on the Falcon and Winter Soldier because we did record previously, but we're thwarted by some technological difficulties. And it's actually wild that we are on episode, I think, five or something. And this is our first time where we're like, oh, technological difficulties. So I actually do think we should give ourselves a pat on the back for that. But I agree. <laughs> yeah. We start out in episode four kind of with the conflict between the uh, Dora Milaje coming back with, with Io, their leader, to get Zemo after the um, visit to the refugee camp where he's provided that information. And one of the things that was apparently much discussed online afterwards was the use by Io of kind of like the jabby and the code words to remove Bucky's arm, which is obviously like an adaptive uh, piece of equipment that he uses as kind of a prosthetic. And people are, are understandably felt kind of iffy about that. But I also was watching that. I was like, oh, actually, you know, considering that when they gave him this arm, he was like still pretty traumatized, still working through therapy in Wakanda, like you said, Monica, in our last episode, because God knows he wasn't getting good therapy with the therapist that they assigned him. <laughs> so you were right about that. Uh, and then it's ongoing. It's, it's a weapon. Like they've provided him a weapon so I felt okay I'm like I would have if I were given this person who was just coming out of being brainwashed a weapon I would want to know how to disarm it and then if he was thwarting me in my pursuit of justice to hunt down the killer of you know my king I'd be like yeah screw you I will take your arm away no. not just that I mean yes it was it it is taking literally taking off his arm but it is literally taking off his arm in a way that disarms him sorry yeah. <laughs> the puns the puns, they the have puns i'm sorry it disarms him as a weapon but it does not harm him right no. this is not like bonking him over the head this is not like pinning him to the floor with a spear and they made it very adamantly clear they could have done any and all of these things you know yeah. they were very specifically not out to kill anyone and no. doing this was a very quick way of basically taking bucky out of the picture which is sort of insulting if you think about the fact that this guy has the super serum on board and they're like, nope, we're going to get rid of his arm and that's it. We'll be done. <laughs> but they definitely proved that to be the case. I mean, they, they took down Captain America. They took down highly trained military guy and they took down Bucky who has the super soldier serum on board. Just wham. All in one go. That was yeah. it. No, I, I enjoyed the Dora Milaje in this second half because I don't know. It was just like nice to see them. It's it's nice to have that continuity from one property um, of Marvel to another because 
as, as I previously discussed, I'm not a big Marvel completionist, but having those tie-ins I think is nice when to identify between the different lines and to kind of weave things in. So you're never fully dropping something because even though we're kind of in the dark about like what's going on with Black Panther 2 with the unfortunate death of Chadwick Bosman, it's still showing us Wakanda is still out there. Wakanda is still doing things. One of the things I appreciate about the Dora Milaje is that they're, uh, they're presented as an example in which the system works. Mm-hmm. They, they are like out for justice, but they, they don't cross, <laughs> I guess, depending on who, who you're asking, I suppose they do cross <laughs> boundaries with the whole, you know, you don't have jurisdiction here. And I'm like, well, you're in Latvia, dude. I'm pretty sure you do not have jurisdiction there either. <laughs> yep. But yeah. they were both going off the same premise. I'm Captain America, therefore I have jurisdiction. Well, we're the Dora Milaje, therefore we also have jurisdiction and please yeah. give us back our prisoner. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. And I also thought, um, I don't know if this is an echo that the people in the Falcon, doing the Falcon and Winter Soldier set up deliberately, but in the scene where Walker kills the Flag Smasher, that also really reminded me of that scene in Black Panther where Black Panther hunts down Claw, who had also been involved in the death of, of his loved one, of his father. And, but he makes the opposite choice where he looks around at the cameras and he's like, it, it will not be good for Wakanda. It will not be good for my image. I cannot do this to my people to kill this man, um, even though he has done something to harm me a lot. And he was like objectively, and in a lot of ways, Claw is like way less sympathetic than the Flag Smasher. So to then watch Walker as Captain America murder this man, like, and it's not a slow murder either. Like, it's not like one hit and he kills over dead. It's like, you hit him a lot. It was quite disturbing to watch. Mm -hmm. And I think it was supposed to be disturbing to watch that death, but to also then see somebody who was just so off the rails that he wasn't thinking about the consequences or thought he was above the consequences in some way because he was Captain America. And it is disturbing how afterwards he keeps repeating, I am Captain America, I am Captain America. And you're like, do you want to be a Captain America who does these things? Clearly you do, yeah. you know? But yeah, for me, the, obviously, the, not, that, not that anyone being brutally murdered is ever good, but the fact that the guy was not just pleading for his life, but pleading for his life and saying, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. And he, in fact, did not do it. Yeah. And... Nope, Walker just took him out anyway. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. No, and it was, it was like a lot of, I think, happening at once in a very overstimulated way where you're having that conversation between Sam and Carly about how, how can we move forward together? Because Sam doesn't want to hurt her and is like, you have solid points. I'm not trying to be like, you're wrong, but you've become very brutal in your methods. And I'm concerned and I don't think this is a good path to go down. Only to have that interrupted by Walker and then to have Lamar Hodgkins killed. And I remember when he like hit the pillar and like slid down, I was like, oh no. I like said, oh no to myself alone in my living room. So the end of that episode just has a lot of really emotional, tense things going on, especially because you're also worried about Sam's sister who's like just been threatened by Carly. Yeah, yeah. Carly, Carly was, they really did a great balance of making Carly into someone whose point of view you could understand and then having her do things that are just heinous, you know, not, 
and it's not it's not the same brutal way that walker is in in Mm -hmm. there is a way in which she is somewhat distanced from it because you never see her do anything terrible with her own hands right she's always she gives the orders she leaves the bombs she says you know kill the hostages but she never actually does anything herself so in some way it is always distanced but she is very much taking responsibility for those actions. She does not try and, you know, avoid yes, the fact that it is, she is doing this and, you know, she does not care if she dies in this process that mm-hmm. her cause is more important. Um, but yeah, when she, when she threatened Sarah and the kids, you were like, why? Why? There was no call for that. Yes. Sam absolutely would have met you regardless. Yes. So yeah, you threatening, you and it was sort of amazing that even after that, he still believed that she was, she would be, may, might still be redeemable, you know? But yes, when she was like, oh, I would never have hurt them, then why did you make the threat? Yeah. You know? Oh, it's, it's not <laughs> a good look to make that threat. And yeah. I think what we see in the, the series, especially as it progresses into the second half, is like we talked about in the, the first episode, both Carly and... John Walker come from sympathetic points of view of wanting to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. And they care about very different groups of people who are facing, you know, very different challenges where Carly is very attached to her community and to the flag smashers and to the larger refugee cause, as well as making these people's lives better. As the series progresses, she becomes more and more brutal in her methods and especially more brutal to people who are not directly attacking her well they're not they're involved because like if you think about the senators but like it's not like they're directly attacking and she's responding to that with a defense it's more of a preemptive attack against people who have power or an attack against people who are symbolically linked to those who she is seeing as oppressors and then with walker the way that he's corrupted is he wants to keep america safe like that's kind of his character and you know he's talking with Lamar about the super soldier serum to be like is this the right thing to do to take this even though Lamar doesn't know he has it and he wants to keep like America as Captain America safe but he's corrupted because he thinks that he's Captain America he cannot do wrong he thinks that his position is inviolable that's not whatever I can't speak words (laughs) um he thinks like his position justifies whatever he does inviolate thank you justifies what he does which is becoming more brutal and like more self-centered and more ego-driven basically Mm -hmm. and I think his wife is the one to he doesn't fully get pulled out of it but after hearing she's like he's like I don't know what to do she's like you go and you talk to Lamar's parents Mm -hmm. like this is the appropriate next step is to kind of come together with these people who are also grieving this loss which is really hard on them and I, I was like oh yeah she's right that is the next thing to do yeah. So he he comes from an interesting place because if you think about it, he's you know just like just like Sam in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and very much unlike Bucky, he comes from a place of a like a stable home, a stable community, like people who support him and love him, sort mm-hmm. of no matter what he does, you know, like even through all of that, even the, through this video that she must have seen, his wife did not abandon him. She's sticking no. through him through all of this. But I remember like that scene where he's standing in front of the senators and he's asking to speak. And I was like, oh, don't let him speak. Don't let no. him speak. And then when he spoke, I was like, oh. and he said, you know, 
I am what you made me. These like these mandates that you're putting down, these are the mandates I have been following all my life. And this, that's why I am the way I am. And I'm like, oh, he's right. He's, he's yeah, he's right. 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 Like, like both of them are right. And I think yeah. it would have been more emotionally satisfying if they had both died. I was I, like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, he could have this redeeming moment of like choosing between vengeance and saving you know the hostages like I don't mind that but I'm like he should still have ended the series dead because if you're going to kill off Carly you should kill off Walker because they're both fundamentally corrupted basically yeah I don't think there there should have been the saving of either of them and the fact that there was like that John made it out okay and with a new role I'm like (sighs) I don't want this feelings yeah don't want don't want not interested in watching any more of you do not think you should have been redeemed I mean okay with you having been redeemed but the way in which you were redeemed like it was essentially all like everything that you have done and all the madness that you have caused wiped off the slate I'm not okay I'm not okay with that it's like you can be both somebody who does something fundamentally monstrous and somebody who does something fundamentally good like that's a thing that people do and people are and I think creates a complex character but I I don't think that means that everything like your last action isn't what clears the slate like Darth Vader is not a good character just because he saved his son right exactly yeah yeah but one of the things that I I did really enjoy that was flowing through this second half of the series that you just mentioned was that feeling of having Sam embedded in such like a loving community and having all of these ties to people who didn't really have a lot to do with the world of superheroes like even Sarah explicitly at one point was like America doesn't care about me why should I care about America why should I care about Captain America at all and the people who who live near him his community um have that connection with the Wilson family as the Wilson family as the children of these two big pillars of the community and as people in the community who have given back herself like Sarah's you know feeding these kids who aren't hers because she's worried about the fact that their father doesn't feed them So Sam coming back to Louisiana when he's just had this like really traumatic experience of like, we didn't find the the person we were trying to meet with and, or, well, they found her, but it also really went like very downhill and, you know, Captain America murdered somebody with a shield and like things are bad to come back to this community where they're like, yeah, we have this embedded relationship. And when you call on us, we will come help you was really just like really warm and soothing and really nice. And it was calling as a member of the Wilson family as Sam Wilson, mm-hmm. not as the Falcon, not yep. as an Avenger. And I mean, they make fun of him for it. And I think <laughs> that, you know. Lovingly fun. Yes. But yeah. I will I will never be over the domestic sequences. I, I remember watching I like them doing those repairs and I'm like, ah, yes. These these are the things that we write fanfic about because we never actually see them on screen and here they are on screen. I am enjoying this very much. Yes. I was like, I would watch seven hours of just like Bucky and Sam doing house repairs and like yes. training montages and playing catch with his shield. And I also think it's like very effective, just like in that first episode with loans from the bank to talk about what does it look like to be a superhero in a community because or not in a community, but to be a superhero who comes from a community. That's, mm-hmm. I guess, what I want to say. Because a superhero movie, by necessity, is pretty short, and you can't get into what's going around with ordinary people as much in the same way that I think you can with a, a longer series. You can 
then show Bucky also being drawn in to that uh, community, sleeping on the couch, and, like, mm-hmm. letting the kids hang off his arm, which was so cute. Having that little flirtation with, with Sarah, and like, <laughs> I see you, I see you, don't do it. but yes they they, you know that was a very good flirtation moment not least because they didn't try and make it go anywhere they could have and I'm glad they didn't but Mm -hmm. but them like eyeballing each other and said be like no (laughs) (laughs) you neither of you no you're not going there (laughs) well the other nice thing is I feel like in Newsies which was you know our first episode we talked about the way that when two characters with the same gender have too much chemistry a lot of the time a sibling will be introduced mm-hmm. as like a romantic prospect instead of the other characters and it's just like always so cringy and bad but this was like cringy and bad I'm like no Sarah's a character who like we know we care about like it makes sense she's not just like introduced to be a like romantic you know spoiler to make this less homoerotic it's like no it's cute that they're like this and that she's kind of like hey you're cute and you can fix stuff. And that's what I want in a man. Great. I love that for you. Yeah. 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 Yep. Also appreciate that someone looked at Bucky, you know, and she knows who Bucky is. Mm -hmm. It's not like the the first girl he was, he was seeing. She knows Mm -hmm. who he is. She's like, "Hmm, you're cute. You're helping out. Okay. I'm all right with you, which is very, probably very different from most of the other interactions that he has had out in the world. Either people have no idea and they don't get it or they're supers or Uh onto the superhero community and they know about all his baggage. And she's sort of in the middle range where she might know about some of his baggage. She doesn't care. Why should she care? You know, he's just a cute guy who showed up and started lifting things and is helping her brother fix this boat that they love. Yep. Even if he can't fix the water pump, even if she's like, please, please just get out of here. This is my territory. (laughs) It is really, I, I did appreciate that it was, you know, she's like, yeah, no, boys, wh- why are you fiddling with the screws? Please go away. Go away. Go go away. away. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other place that we see the comfort of community or the comfort of the natural world is with Isaiah's garden. And that to me was also very affecting because we had only really seen, I think, previous to that Isaiah's trauma um, as being somebody who was experimented on by the U.S. government who had lost all these people who had been imprisoned and experimented on but to have this natural setting to have this beautiful garden in the back where he's growing food and he's got all these beautiful plants was not necessarily something where you're like oh that makes up for it because clearly it doesn't but it was something that provided him a refuge yes and that was just really beautiful I mean, he had his place, he had his community. I love the fact that his grandson is so protective over him, even though like Isaiah can literally pick someone up and throw them through a wall, right? Everyone knows this, Mm -hmm. but you know what? His grandson is going to be like, nah, you're not bothering my granddad. Yeah, no, that was really nice. I think if there was one thing that I would admit that would be inspired by the second half of the series, it would be like a warm wrap because like the, the, cozy not coziness but the kind of coziness like the good feelings of having a community around you and a place that you can retreat to when things get intense I just like really liked that in that second half I think I would knit something that has the resemblance to a pair of wings not least because I happen to like things that are winged but also because there's they the fact that even as Captain America you know Falcon kept them. He's yeah. still the Falcon. He's still Sam. He is everything that he was before, just more. 
Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that for him. Also, he's very badass in the way he fights with those wings. The way he yeah. like integrates them. Uh-huh. You're like, yeah, you you know, you haven't got a lick of superpowers, but you're gonna make all of this work for you. And I love that for you. Yeah. And I think we see that in the that first episode where he's going after the helicopters, and then we see it again in the last episode where he's still. However, there were more helicopters and that was very confusing for me because I couldn't tell what was going on because like it's like I threw these people out of the helicopter and I'm like did so did the lady take over or we have two helicopters like and how many trucks are there so like I'm very <laughs> bad at following action scenes so like I was just like well some stuff is happening um I'm glad the lady is there to take over the, the helicopter and that she has that training I appreciated that too. I was like, you know what, if you're, if, if you're going to pick a person to be able to fly a helicopter of all of these like senator and et cetera people, mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect it to be the young lady. And yet yeah. it was. And I am appreciative of that. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. And the final episode, I think, would have benefited by having like more space. Like I kind of wanted the events of that final episode to be more of a, like, two episodes because mm-hmm. it, it did feel a little bit rushed. But going back to Isaiah, I, I felt it was emotionally correct for him to now be part of that Captain America display in the Smithsonian, like for the movie of, to be about reinscribing the Black experience into history to say, you know, we're always here and we were always heroes. Like mm-hmm. Sam is the first Black Captain America, but he is not <laughs> that we yes. know about, mm-hmm. but he's not, you know, the first black hero with powers to have represented America so I did like that but it did feel a little bit weird after he was like I, I want to be dead like I don't mm-hmm. want to be part of this at all in any way to have that be sprung on him as a surprise yeah I, I was like emotionally but he seemed happy about it so I was like okay I'll just kind of go along with it it's a little weird but I'll go along with it yeah my, my perspective on it was that he did not want himself to be the he did not want to be the symbol um mm-hmm that happened before he just wanted he wanted to be dead he wanted to go live his life but I think that by the same note I don't think he necessarily saw a way to make the identity of who he had been in the past a separate symbol that was Mm -hmm. differentiated from him now I suspect that some people would have some some characters would have not liked that it's like you're right he seemed like he was okay with it and he also seemed like he was very okay with the idea of Sam being the new Captain America. At least his reaction was, was as such when, when he was watching yeah. the video. Despite everything he'd said about, you know, they will never f- accept a black Captain America. And then they're like, and then he was like, oh, you, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it was actually very funny because I texted you during that scene when I was watching it. I was like, so does Barack Obama not exist is he not president in the mcu is that like because so there to revisit again tumblr circa the year 2013 there's a post that i think about a lot when i will agree with the overall chain um argument that somebody is making but i find the point to be a little bit off or weird uh and the first post in this said i need feminism because when jesus does a magic trick it's a goddamn miracle but when a woman does a magic trip she gets burned at the stake And then the response was like, I understand where you're coming from here, but they very much did kill Jesus. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, Whenever somebody's making a point, I'm like, 
they did very much kill Jesus. Yes. So I was like, well, if Barack, yeah. And like, obviously I think in the same way that Barack Obama and Sam Wilson function as a symbol of America um, while being black, there's the pushback, um, especially from white people that Sam mentions in that speech and that we've seen in the real world with the rise of the Tea Party, with the election of Trump, where there are people who will never accept that, even mm-hmm. though Sam is Captain America. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was good that that was mentioned in the speech, but I did find that like speechifying at the end to be a little bit, um, it, wasn't, it was clunky for me. I'm, I'm not a big fan of a speech. Like that's like, let me explicitly tell you for five minutes why this movie isn't out. So. I happen, I love the Captain America speeches. <laughs> I have to say and I remember watching watching it and being like oh yes yep you're definitely Captain America now because <laughs> that was what Steve was known for he was known for like giving these like long inspirational speeches and at the end of it everyone charges off to war and in fact there's a joke in in Endgame about it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> about like you know him giving a speech and then at the end of it someone going yep yep that's that's the dude that this is what he does he gets <laughs> um so yes sam doing that i was like oh yeah yep you're you're definitely captain america now but it was it was a little bit of a long speech but i could see where it was coming from especially since especially since he was in front of cameras and mm-hmm. he knew he was yeah um he was not just talking to the hard-headed senators yeah whose point i could also see to be perfectly oh. honest you know no and i appreciated that they were like you know, what happened to the people who came back and there was someone living in their house? And Sam's like, yeah, it is complicated. I'm not saying it's not going to be freaking complicated. I'm just saying that if Carly Mergenthal was willing to die for this cause and all of these people are, you know, see her as a leader and see her as an important messenger, maybe you should pay attention to them. Maybe that's something you should do. And you're like, yeah, he is right. These people do have the power to figure this out correct sam so oh and when and when during his speech he was like yeah when you're making all of these decisions who's in the room with you it's not the people who are affected by these decisions <laughs> i was like ouch ouch very true very indicative <laughs> of the world these days <laughs> very true it's like oh we are talking about the united states of america so right. that- 2021 so exactly i was like oh yeah very true so true ouch no and yeah i definitely think that they they got in all the points they wanted to get in i just wanted i was just like maybe if they had more time they could have done it in a little more of a subtle way but it was what it was they had the time that they had yes and i will say that it was we got to the very end of it when we found out that, you know, Sharon was a power broker. And I was like, oh, you tricked me because you and I had talked about last episode. I was like, power broker is he, right? And mm-hmm. that's where I was like, okay, it's not Sharon because people are saying he. And then she was like, I have face technology and I can look like a man. And I was like, oh, well, you fooled me, Sharon. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it was when she made the call to Bad Truck. I was like, oh, no, you're the power yeah. broker. You're definitely the power broker. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I, I am okay with the idea of, of Sharon being a bad guy. Um, I'm, I am glad that they give her a more interesting role and a more interesting arc than she had in the past. Mm -hmm. Cause 
her roles in past movies have been extremely flat and extremely boring and she was basically supposed to be Steve's love interest before the entire world was like, ah, this is not working. The chemistry <laughs> is not working. Um, it was actually one of my absolute least favorite. I'm, I'm normally all for the canon couples. I'm totally mm-hmm. fine with them. But Sharon and Steve were a longtime couple. They got engaged. They broke up. I can't remember what happened with them. But they were a longtime couple in the comic books. And they were pretty universally like one of my least favorite of Steve's various relationships. And he had some pretty bad ones. <laughs> so the, the fact that they did not give her any more of an interesting role in the MCU was very disappointing to me because I felt like, you know, she could have been more. And now she is more. She is much more interesting now, probably because, you know, she's like a mole in the middle of the U.S. government now. We got, right, we got the therapy right. We yep. did not get the Sharon part right, yep. <laughs> but we did pinpoint where therapy was happening. Yes, so. quite, quite, <laughs> yes. And it was, it was also, I think the way they ended it was interesting because there's a lot of different things they could pick up and run with either mm-hmm. in a new series or in um, the next Captain America movie, which it seems like a lot of the same people who are involved in this series are going to be in the next Captain America movie. And I was like, you know, I don't entirely know where you're going. And for the most part, I cannot say that when I looked at some of the earlier Marvel movies where I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. But I'm like, no, I don't know what's going to happen. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy that too. Yeah. I enjoy that past sins are coming to roost because very mm-hmm. often the erasure of past sins is sort of a thing in the, in the Marvel universe. Oh yes, terrible things happen. You know what? We're going to make that go away. Nothing, <laughs> none of that happened. You're fine. And then there's Sharon, who got abandoned for six years. There's Isaiah, who was mm-hmm. in jail for 30. You know, Ugh, right. I, yeah, in jail for 30. Like, and I was like, why wouldn't they let his wife's letters get to him? Why? There was no reason that they shouldn't no. have let his letters get to him other than just... Roll the Right. And there was no cause for it. Anyway, I still get mad when I think about Isaiah. Um, yeah. well, I mean, <laughs> as one should, I, I suppose. Yeah. No, the whole point of Isaiah is like, wow, this man was just like so many bad things happened to him because, as you mentioned earlier, like he went into prisoner war camp to save these people and he got put in jail for it. Unlike, unlike Steve Rogers, who did the exact same thing. That was the whole thing that made him Captain America in the first in the first adventure. He went out in his like stupid little uniform and he rescued a bunch of, <laughs> of POWs against orders, explicitly against orders. You know, he got himself airdropped by like a civilian because he knew no one would agree with him doing it. And he did it. And they made him Captain America for it. And then Isaiah, he did the exact same thing. He went to rescue his brothers in arms and they threw him in jail. Oh God, no, I'm like still just, that's still just mind boggling. Like not not mind-boggling in terms of like I can't believe it happened but just I did not like see that parallel and once you see it you're like ouch what an indictment of like everything in basically the first you know couple Captain America series to show like this is what happens when you just change this one key aspect of a person when it's a black man versus a white man so and it was definitely something I was thinking about when it came to Walker, because I was sort of not okay with the way Sam was trying to justify Walker's actions when they were trying to take him in. Oh, you know, it was just a battle, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, if, if, 
if Walter had been a black man, that conversation would not be happening. You know, no one would be trying to take him in. That's that's not what would have happened. In that no. You know? Yeah, it was. It was like definitely you were like, oh, the reason that he got picked is because you know he's this blonde, blue-eyed white dude, and that continues to protect him mm-hmm. in the event that he's done this monstrous thing by you know murdering somebody. And I think it would have continued to protect him if the cameras hadn't been there and people hadn't been recording. And he was just like, it was justified that I killed this man. And the senators didn't have video proof in front of them to say otherwise, he would have probably gotten away with it. And I think that's very much a like post um, killing George, killing of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd statement yeah. to say the presence of the video is what really was able to hold him accountable in a way that he might not otherwise have been yeah yeah agree yeah so and i think i think it actually the way that technology and cell phones were used generally in this series was pretty good like when Mm -hmm. um bucky's in the grc or whatever it was called headquarters and a lady holds out the phone to him and goes carly's on the phone for you Mm -hmm. and when then they use the app later it's like oh yeah you're using cell phones in like fun and cool ways. So mm-hmm. yeah, I do wish it had been slightly longer, just by one or two episodes. I agree. I would have liked a full epilogue episode, to be honest. Yeah, that would have been fun. And at least like I would have loved, like, again, I would watch an entire like eight hour series that's just Bucky and Sam fixing things. That's just true. Like- that, that, that may be part of why I wanted a full, <laughs> a full epilogue episode because I need more soft moments. I want the, I want so much more of them playing Shield Catch. Shield Catch yes. like run deeply in my heart. That was very good. And then Sam got the confidence to throw the sheet. Like he was like having all these issues and he's like, I'm going to throw it into the ocean by the pier. And it was like, and it didn't fall into the ocean. Good job. I, yes, but I yeah, I remember watching that and being like, oh, this is gonna this can go so wrong. No, it went okay. Yeah. I I would have totally been for him having to jump into water after the show. <laughs> well, I mean, when he took off his shirt and did push-ups, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I see you. I'm not yeah. mad about this. Yes, not at all mad about that. He had he had an excellent training montage that was both a combination of very hot and very cute. Yeah, it was a fun little montage running around with his nephews and like doing a lot of push-ups and like a lot of moves that didn't quite go right. But yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because if you're moving from somebody who's working with a predominantly wing-based offense and using um, like basically jetpacks as part of his fighting skills along, along with the wings to somebody who's now got that, but also has a shield as more of a projectile, mm-hmm. um, that's a very different way to fight. So yeah. it was fun. I'm glad that we watched it. I'm glad that it was it was good. And it was also very fun to watch it. I watched the last two at the same time, but it was fun to watch it in a serial way and also to actually be like, oh no, I'm glad for the recaps because it's been a week. I have mm-hmm. I don't have a brain. And I'm glad you're reminding me what happened because I would not remember otherwise. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I still think that part of the reason it was so short was so that we could not entirely forget about all the terrible things that had happened in previous episodes. Yeah, no, and I think that's a, a solid point. And I definitely wouldn't have wanted like a 20 episode series. I mm-hmm. think that would have been losing some of the power of what happened earlier. But I, I wanted I wanted the pieces of episode six that they had playing to have more time to develop and to like 
give them more space. So I think some of the places would have been a little more subtle mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if they weren't like, okay, we have an hour to get all of this in and we have like five loose ends that we need to tie up. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. anything else that you wanted to talk about? Because again, we've talked about this for like three hours, but we could probably go for another full hour. <laughs> no. Um, what was your favorite scene? Oh, I really liked, and this is like kind of a bad thing to do, but I did laugh a lot when Bucky like pulled the gun and like quote unquote shot Zemo and it was like empty I like did just cackle to myself um alone in my apartment I was like oh that's actually quite funny that like that happened like mean but very funny mean but very funny yes I agree agree. what was your favorite scene oh that's a tough one I think it was the final celebration um on the dock with Sam's like Sam's family and Bucky being all wrapped up in them and the kid dang kids dangling off his arm and that's especially after he finally did make reparations with Yuri you know yeah oh that was nice yeah Yeah. it it was I mean it was it was achy because it was very clear that that was a relationship that was never going to survive that that confession but that he you know went and he checked on him and Yuri was still having sushi at that same place mm-hmm. with that same girl who he Aww. tried to set Bucky up with. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the fact that that Bucky, who has spent so much of his existence abandoned, is now starting to have a family again in, mm-hmm. in even just this little way, you know, I, I appreciate it. I, I, I want that for him, you know? Yeah, it was nice. And I think also having... Sam as Captain America is really is going to be just a really nice thing to see just like partially for the commentary on the state of like race in America and especially being black in America but also just Sam is just like a solid human just like mm-hmm. overall you're like yeah what a great person to be Captain America yeah and mm-hmm. even when he's like oh I wouldn't want to take the super soldier serum because it's you know like reveals the worst in humanity or whatever and then he has an entire conversation with Zemo. I'm like, I, I would not be worried about you. If you took the social solar serum, I'd be like, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Lamar feels the same way about John Walker, but right. like. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe, but like, I, I do feel like what we see of Walker before, even before the, the murder is very different than what we see of Sam, who is like yeah. a, just a very fundamentally grounded person who knows who he is and knows like what he believes in and where he comes from and can say to both the people who hate him because he's black and is American Captain America and to Isaiah who has all these doubts about what he can do and and where Sam can be and the roles that he wants to choose um he can say no I'm going to go my own way and I'm going to make this my thing and I think it's important that I do that. And I think it's important that we address deep and complex problems together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just not worried about Sam. Sam gets superpowers yeah. in the future. I, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree with you. Sam, it's not that Sam is incorruptible. You uh-huh. know, he's human. Yeah. But he is aware he is human and he never lets the fact that he was an Avenger, like, put his head above the clouds, no pun intended. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. That You're just making all the puns. You're like, oh, super geez. bad puns for you. Yeah. I, plus, I feel like Sarah would be like, if he like started going like bad, Sarah would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. 
what are you doing? And Bucky would be like, how dare you respect? How dare? Yeah. Yeah, there are yeah. people who would hold him down if something bad happened. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, which again, I don't think would happen. But if anything could happen, yeah. there are people. And I think that's, to me, that's like the moral of, not the moral, but like part of what cap, the, the Falcon. And then at the end, when they show mm-hmm. the new credits, Captain America mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier is, is, you know, having a community and knowing who you are is really mm-hmm. important and really helps you be your best mm-hmm. self. So. Mm-hmm. I would have to say, however, that my knitting product of Impervious is not a good combo with this because it's just, it requires too much attention. The short rows change, the different pieces change, but I really just want to be done with this project. <laughs> I just want to be finished. I think that's fair. Um, the campfire toque was an okay, though not great, though not great example of something to knit. It was in the round, but there were a lot of slip stitches. It was not necessarily easy to read the patterns when I kind of just got into the flow. It was okay mm-hmm. though, but the worm was perfect. It was completely mindless. It was several rolls of pearl, several rolls of knit, several rolls of pearl, yeah. and then finish the top of that. It was great for something where I wanted, where I knew I was going to want to pay a lot of attention. Yeah, for sure. Well, next month we are going to be watching The Handmaiden, which is a movie that's shot in Korean and Japanese. And Monica, because you're awesome and multilingual you'll be able to understand the Japanese parts at least and I will just have to watch all the subtitles so we'll we'll have to <laughs> pick projects that are subtitled or that'll be a, an adventure for next time to see if we succeeded in that sounds like fun <laughs> yeah all right well thank you all very much and we will talk to you next month bye bye <laughs>